Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast today. Have a special message today, particularly for young women. In fact, I'm entitling today's show, What Every Young Woman Needs to Know Before Engagement. And I'm speaking particularly of a special thing given today's world that young women need to know about before they get engaged. Now, I'm not talking about the steps to meet the man of your dreams, nor am I talking about how to plan a wonderful wedding and that type of thing. This is very, very focused. It comes from chapter 18 of my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband. And it's sad for me to have to basically tackle this topic, but I need to speak to young women today about the pornography plague and how it has the potential to greatly harm their future marriages. also want to speak to the moms and dads, the parents of young women approaching marriage age. want to speak also to grandparents. The whole family needs to know that we're living in a situation that is far as I can tell, almost unparalleled. So anything today dealing with marriage preparation, and even as important as marriage preparation is what I call pre-engagement preparation. In other words, you need to get ready for what you need to know. And as I've mentioned, when we did this series on young men breaking free based on my new booklet for young men struggling with pornography or simply young men who want to stay away from it, I said that a pornography addiction will frequently reappear within a marriage. A lot of young men think, I'll just keep this thing quiet. I have a problem with pornography, and when I get married, it'll go away. And it may for a spell but it has a nasty way of reappearing within marriage. Now, when that happens, if the pornography problem isn't solved before marriage, which is really what I'm getting at in this broadcast, if it's not solved before marriage and it appears within a marriage, you really have a compound problem because you have a pornography problem and then you have a severe marriage problem, and these two interact together to create more than twice the problems that could come from either one of these. So it's a very serious situation. And in a nutshell, today, pornography is one of the greatest threats to a young woman's future marriage. The rapid spread of pornography is literally destroying the inner life of marriages. Now, let's talk about the statistics. Amazingly, I don't know of any. I do know of one. I'll mention that in a moment. And, you know, I must say, our Protestant brothers and sisters have been a lot better at taking surveys regarding this problem. They realize that pornography is a problem with single men, they realize it's a problem with men who are even involved in men's groups and men's movements. 
and they know it's a very significant problem, even amongst Protestant pastors. And they've done surveys on these things and reported. And the numbers are quite high, like half of Christian men are having a struggle with this issue. Now, I only have one statistic that I'm aware of that was done on a reputable basis, and that was Barna Research Organization did a national survey of pornography amongst Catholics and found that the average Catholic percentage involved in pornography is twice that of the average American population. So I'm just saying based on Barna and based on my experience in a dozen years of working with Catholic men struggling with pornography, and I've been in this fight for a pretty good while, I would estimate that at least two-thirds of all eligible Catholic men have a problem with pornography. You think, oh, it can't be. Uh, Actually, I think that's a very low estimate, but I'm saying at least two-thirds. What I want you to know is that there's a high probability that a young Catholic man that you might meet very high probability that he would have a porn problem. Now, porn problems can get so much worse in marriage, unimaginably worse, and just, I hate to even just um, put this hesitation in your mind, but, you know, a man viewing pornography will want his wife or another woman, if his wife refuses to start doing some of the degrading acts he's seen in the actual porn pictures and videos and such like that. You really don't want this to come into your marriage. Now, in my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband, um, I've had a young woman basically say, this is the R chapter. They're very brief chapters, by the way. When I said chapter 18, I should have said the chapters sometimes are only three or four pages long, but said that the R chapter which deals with the pornography problem, uh, was worth the price of the book. But a lot of people, in my own estimation, I think chapter two, which is only not even a handful of pages, it's entitled Beware of the Trigger Effect. And you need to know about the trigger effect and how it can couple to create this pathological virus, so to speak, within marriage. But the trigger effect is when there's an unexpected explosion within marriage from either the wife or the husband, and it stems from unresolved conflicts lying deep within the person. And if you or your prospective spouse's family has experienced alcoholism, physical or verbal abuse, serious psychological problems, or divorce, I recommend skilled counseling before marriage to deal with it. You just can't leave it buried within because marriage and or the birth of a first child has this uncanny ability to bring to the surface these things that are buried deep within. Now, One of the things that fuel a pornography addiction, and I'm not talking about pornography dabbling, but addiction, kind of like a chain, is that pornography, besides the 
sexual stimulation from viewing it also has a sense of euphoria or pain relief. I call pornography for someone with this deep, buried psychological pain kind of like a psychological aspirin. So with the viewing of pornography, there's a very temporary pain relief from something so deep it's perhaps not even articulated. Now, with that, it seems fine, but it just lasts for a brief time, and it's often followed by a depressive state. And then the depressive state pushes the person back to more pornography to get more psychological aspirin. And if you imagine, this is the vicious cycle of addiction, and it builds on these inner hurts. So if you think of it, if there's pornography in a marriage, you have two problems. You have a pornography problem. You have a marriage problem. And then if there's this trigger effect, you have these deep unresolved conflicts from the family of origin all combining together to explode in the middle of a marriage. Now, right now you're thinking, wow, Steve, nothing could be worse. Well, actually there are some things worse. 42% of pornography addictions are accompanied by at least one other chemical dependency. And it's not uncommon with people with these significant underlying psychological pains or traumas to have multiple addictions. So you could be dealing not only with a pornography problem, trying to medicate this inner pain, but also combined with alcoholism or drug abuse or gambling. Oh, so what do you want to do? All right, here it is. I'm going to be very direct. And believe me, you need a good friend who will hold you accountable to following this advice, which is simply this. Do not, under any circumstances, get serious with or engage to or marry a man with an active pornography habit. Do not do it. Don't marry a man with a chemical addiction. No exceptions. No promises to change after marriage. No wishful thinking. Simply don't do it or you will profoundly regret it. My daughter, Stephanie, the young Catholic woman who was my radio co-host for several years, after a broadcast one week, approached me with an expression as though she had just witnessed something like a fatal automobile accident. I was wondering, well, what, what's up? Following a radio broadcast on pornography addiction, she received a call from a trembling wife who described the agonizing effects of her husband's pornography addiction in her life, in their marriage, and in their family. And this despairing wife concluded by saying to Stephanie, quote, death would be preferable to this, unquote. This is very serious stuff. So I repeat, I am estimating that the extent of the problem for younger Catholic men, those eligible Catholic men that are out there for young women, I 
think the numbers are probably around two-thirds, but in all probability, higher than that. And you're saying to yourself, ah, but my fiancé goes to one of the top Catholic colleges and universities listed in the Newman Guide. Well, let me tell you what a board member of one of those top Catholic colleges said to me. I'm not going to name the college because the problem is everywhere. He happened to know the priest chaplain of that college, and the chaplain told him there are three big problems, moral problems on campus. The first is pornography, the second is pornography, and the third is pornography. Did you hear that? So, you're sitting there, okay, it's a serious problem. We don't want it to come into marriage. So, how do I find out if a young man may have a pornography addiction? Well, given the high rates of pornography addiction in today's world, I highly recommend that you or someone else ask him directly. I personally believe this should be a part of every single marriage preparation program And I actually recommend that more than one person ask a young man if he has a pornography problem. And this is done in confidence. It's not done to shame him, um, to ostracize him, to make him a leper. You're basically trying to flesh out a buried problem, buried deep in shame, because if it's quietly taken into a marriage, it's just going to get so much worse and you want to basically heal it at a stage where it's quite achievable to heal. Now, you need to realize that men will frequently lie about their involvement with pornography. I just need to kind of stop here and interject. You know, a young or older Catholic man who's involved in pornography, these aren't just guys with... um, tattoos everywhere and body piercings and drug addictions and, you know, I don't know what. No, these are basically good men who thought they were dabbling in a little behavior that wasn't going to really affect them in any significant way and found themselves hooked, okay? And good men are so shamed by this that They don't even want to admit it. And it's not that they're horrible people. And I'm not saying the lie isn't a sin, but it's just like the shame is causing the lies. So you need to get past the self-protection that very frequently goes with a single question, do you use porn? And I recommend having different persons at different unannounced times asking him about uh, a potential pornography problem. And, and if you have multiple people in multiple settings, you have a much higher probability of a truthful answer. And just to kind of put uh, a picture on this, if any of you have gone through a, a medical procedure at an outpatient clinic or in a hospital, you know you get the same questions a lot, like you're supposed to be fasting before you're procedure, you know, they'll ask you when's the last time you ate, and they'll seemingly ask you endlessly about that. 
are you allergic to anything? And everybody seems to have, with a clipboard, ask you, are you allergic to anything? So they want to be very sure. And they don't just take one question and answer because your health depends on it. Well, the same thing comes with a potential pornography problem. Your future marriage depends on this. So you want multiple questions. Now, this is just something uh, I have observed, and I'm telling the truth here. This was before the TV show Lie to Me, okay? If you've, <laughs> I just watched enough because of actually my experience with pornography to find the show somewhat fascinating. I don't watch it regularly, but here's what I found out. It's a very subjective method, so this isn't, um, you know, this isn't cast in stone. But I have very frequently noticed that men with a pornography problem have a one-second facial response when the subject of pornography is brought up without warning. And then this one-second slightly shocked response is quickly followed by either a plastic smile or poker face. And also, they're very frequently quick to change the subject from pornography. I have seen this enough to, and again, I didn't know anything about facial expressions and lies and this and that, but just when the subject of pornography comes up, that it wasn't expected as part of the discussion. Like people ask me, what do you do with Catholic men or what's the topic with Catholic men? And if I mention pornography as part of those top topics, all of a sudden, you know, the face. And, and if you're aware, just be aware. And it's very it's almost an involuntary response. And again, this isn't um, this isn't objective, hard evidence, so to speak, but it's something that I have found more than once. OK. You obviously have to pray for discernment because I don't know of any infallible way to determine if a young man would have it. And remember, shame can drive this very deep to be hidden away and even good men lying about it. Okay, But let's just say if a young man you're interested in um, has had a pornography problem, or maybe currently has one. It comes out or he's honest. So what do you do? Um, well, here's what I would recommend. At least I recommended this in my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband. And again, we're dealing with things here that are volatile, unpredictable, and very powerful in a person's life. These have powerful effects. But I recommended in my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband, that you postpone any form of commitment until he has practiced total abstinence from pornography for 24 months. Now, again, this was just, you know, I didn't want to stretch it too far, and I didn't want to make it too short. Before this broadcast, I emailed my friend, Dr. Mark Laser, who I personally respect deeply and consider the best Christian therapist regarding pornography and sexual addictions. And I asked him what he would recommend. 
And I'm just going to read to you his response. I'm kind of laughing. I'm not laughing at the problem, but Dr. Laser is an evangelical Protestant. And this is the most Catholic answer that you could imagine from someone like me getting this from an evangelical. But in any case, good advice, good Catholic advice coming from our evangelical friend, Dr. Mark Laser. Quote, as for time, technically, we have always said that it is hard to trust sobriety until an addict has achieved three years of abstinence. That is a long time to wait. My belief is that 12 months is sufficient, as long as the couple has been able to have healthy conversation about sexuality and that they are firmly grounded in John Paul II's teaching about marital sexuality. That means that sex in marriage is the expression of emotional and spiritual connection, and that they believe in the sacramental nature of marriage. Christ must be in it, and that includes, includes Christ being a part of the sexual experience. That's the best I've got for a short answer, and I must say, that's a really good short answer. So in a nutshell, Dr. Laser says the, the classical time or the standard time is three years of abstinence, but you realize that's a long time waiting and there's all other kinds of temptations that might come up from that period of waiting. So he would say uh, a minimum of that 12 months, and this is provided all the different things he's mentioned. In other words, this couple is working things out. And in some ways, they might be better off and stronger for working it out than someone who just um, thinks these problems never occur, or if they occur, it's somebody else, other types of people like us. So in other case, he's talking about to one to three years. That's kind of where my 24 months was. Um, a lot of discernment, a lot of progress will have to be uh, evaluated. I want to say, though, if you wait 12 months, 24 months, or 36 months, there's no guarantee. I don't want to frighten you, but I know of a Christian man, have a good friend who did sexual addiction counseling, who worked with a man who was involved in men's discipleship groups. He was a regular church attender, but had a serious relapse to pornography after 15 years of recovery. And relapses are not uncommon. And so I am not giving any guarantee. I need to be very clear about that. On the other hand, many men do put pornography forever behind them. How do they put it behind them? Well, first of all, if you're a young woman, you don't. He does. You don't become his counselor. Somebody like Dr. Mark Laser becomes his counselor. It is a huge mistake for a young woman, uh, girlfriend, fiance, or wife to become her husband's counselor in a sexual addiction. Uh, you can't be his counselor, healer, saver, facilitator, or accountability partner. Okay? There is one person responsible for his recovery, and that's him, not you. Okay? And if he's ever going to overcome it, he's going to have to take the initiative. You cannot do this for him. 
the best you can do, if you really want to do something, is point him in the right direction. And that's a real gift. That's what a girlfriend, a fiance, or a wife can do. And just a, a quick start, 24 hours a day, you can go to our website, dads.org. There's a section entitled Get Help. And there's a help for pornography problems. And then there's a whole section. I've just started a new blog called Breaking Free Blog, uh, designed for men who want to stay clear and stay away from pornography, as well as for men who are experiencing a habit or an addiction and want to get free. For instance, my post this week and next week will be about intensives. An intensive is a special counseling process that goes on for three days straight. Each day in an intensive is worth one or two months of traditional once-a-week counseling. In other words, through an intensive, a man could have a third to a half a year's recovery in three days. That's on the blog. Point him to good directions. Young Men Breaking Free and Breaking Free booklets are designed for that as well. Uh, Also, some things to look for. His willingness to have an accountability partner. Uh, Weight Watchers works because it has accountability. Um, He's willing to use filtering software on his computer and tablet and smartphone. He's practicing a lifestyle that prudently avoids situations that provoke temptations. You can't escape temptations in this world, but you can sure reduce the amount you voluntarily expose yourself to. This is one I find most important to look for. Does he have a distrust of himself? In other words, guys who think, oh, it's not a problem for me, I can, I can handle it, really. Uh, that's the prescription for downfall. Uh, it'll never happen to me. If he has that distrust of himself, then he'll use that prudence to avoid things he should. Does he regularly go to confession? And once you get married, would he be willing to share computer and social media passwords with you, his wife? You know, I really wish I didn't have to discuss such a topic with young Catholic women, yet we live in a world that's experiencing an unprecedented moral crisis. And many young men have been captured. In Christ, they can be set free. You get the right help, the right information, and it's so much easier to do it before marriage rather than in marriage. You can also heal it in marriage, but it's so much easier if you take the wise steps before. My beatitude for the 21st century is blessed are the women of the 21st century who marry pure men. You've been listening to episode 41 of Faith and Family Radio. Visit us on the web at dads.org or familylifecenter.net. Till next time, this is Steve Wood. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at familylifecenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.familylifecenter.net.